Hey guys, welcome back to the Beck and Call podcast. I am your host, Merritt Beck. I am a fashion and lifestyle blogger. And on this podcast, I'm talking about all things life, work, and love as a single woman in my 30s. My apologies for getting this episode out a little later than normal today. Yesterday was kind of wild. I my power my power went out at my house like right when I started recording this episode. And so I thought it would maybe come back on in 30 minutes. They usually don't last very long, but it lasted four and a half hours yesterday. So my entire day was kind of a wash. I ended up doing errands and getting my nails done, which I was planning to do today. But you know, I got that out of the way and now I'm working on the podcast episode. So It's going to be out a little later than normal on a Tuesday. I normally try and get them scheduled and live for when you're waking up Tuesday morning, but here we are. So my my apologies about that, but let's get into it. I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. We are now to Thanksgiving week, which I'm very excited about. A lot has been going on around here, and I mentioned this in the last episode. This is sort of a crazy time for anyone who is an influencer or who works in retail, so work has been nonstop. And now, obviously, social plans are picking up with the holiday season, so things have just been jam-packed around here, but all in a good way. First and foremost, I want to thank everyone who came to my Dallas meetup last Thursday. I held a little podcast meetup at Inwood Tavern, which is a super casual, divey bar in my neighborhood. I just wanted it to be a fun, low-key hang where we could all get to know some like-minded people, make some new friends, and it was so much fun. I was definitely feeling it on Friday. (laughs) Let's say I imbibed a little too much, but I thoroughly enjoyed meeting every single one of you who came, and I definitely want to keep doing more of these. It was just so much fun, and I know you guys were exchanging information to make more plans like this and get together again, and I just love that, and I'm seeing a lot of you in other cities get together as well offline, which is amazing, and I'm so glad that this can be a place where we can all get in touch and find like-minded new friends and just get together and have a good time. That's what it's all about. In other podcast news, my website is live. So I mentioned this last week, but I worked with Marissa of Rise Creative Co. to build out a website, and she also designed my new logo for the Beck and Call podcast. And I love how it turned out. I'm so happy with how it looks. So thank you to Marissa for your hard work getting it all designed and live so quickly. Definitely go check it out. It's beckandcallpodcast.com. You can listen to episodes, read show notes, get in touch with me. There's the phone number for the Beck and Call hotline on there, as well as an email form you can fill out if you want to get in touch that way. And I'm sure eventually I'll have other things to put on there, but I just wanted to create a one-stop shop for podcast info. So head to beckandcallpodcast.com to check it out. I hope you guys love it. Now into some personal updates. Last week I mentioned how I was starting a new fitness program. And so I've now done one week of that. So not a lot of progress yet, but I'm really liking it so far. So I'm doing the fierce at home workout in the sweat app. And as I mentioned last time, each workout is a full body workout. So one day might be a full strength workout. Another is a Tabata workout, which is like 20 seconds on 10 seconds off. There's an AMRAP workout, which means as many rounds as possible. The format for each one is different, but it's all full body. So you feel like you're getting a full body workout each time and they go by so fast. The ones that I've been doing have been like 20 to 35 minutes. That's usually how long it takes me to finish them. And now that I know that I've done it for a week, now that I know that I might start adding some cardio in on the days where the workouts are shorter just to get a little extra boost in there. 
But like I said, I'm really enjoying the variety so far. I feel like these workouts are just a little bit more manageable than the Kayla Cenas high intensity ones where they like totally wear you, wear your legs out, wear your abs out. Each day was a focus on a body part. And it was so challenging that you almost just hated it. (laughs) Like that's how I felt about it. So uh, with it being a full body workout, I feel like the workout goes by a lot faster because you're not you know, focused on how tired one body part is, your whole body is getting the workout. And so it's a little less challenging, if that makes any sense. But I'm going to continue doing it. I'll keep reporting back. I do think my body is picking up the hit stuff a little easier than I thought it would because I felt so out of shape a couple weeks ago and I already feel like my body is kind of bouncing back. So maybe that's muscle memory. I'm not sure, but whatever it is, I feel good about it. And I think we're on the right track. I think this is going to be a good program for me, at least getting back into this stuff. So I will keep you guys updated. And while we're on the topic of personal updates, I actually have a funny Botox story for you. I've been getting Botox for several years now, mostly in my forehead. So like a lot of people, I have the 11, which is two kind of vertical lines in between my eyebrows. And I think I get those mostly because I'm furrowing my brow a lot when I'm like looking at the computer all day at my desk but I've been getting Botox and that's helped a lot with that. And I also have started to see some crow's feet and also just kind of smaller, more minimal lines on my forehead um, that are more horizontal, if you will. And I go to Dr. Hunt Neuror, who is a local plastic surgeon, and he's fantastic. I've, I've been going to him forever. I went to I went to a med spa one time and had a terrible experience, and so I will never do that again. <laughs> I think it's worth paying more to have it done right, and he does it right. It always looks perfectly natural. I'm still able to have full control over my face. At least I was. (laughs) So this time I went in, it was like a week and a half ago. And he asked me, you like your forehead to be completely frozen, right? And I was like, yes, because he's always done such a great job. And, you know, my forehead always looks really good and it looks frozen. But I guess I've never had as much Botox in my forehead as I did this last time because I cannot move my eyebrows. (laughs) I'm just not used to it. It looks great. Like my forehead looks wonderful, but I didn't realize how expressive I am with my eyebrows and also how much I use them for things like putting on my makeup. I have to use my finger right now to lift my eyebrow up a little bit so I can get the shadow eyeshadow in my crease and also to get the right arch for filling in my eyebrows. It is hilarious. And honestly, this is not his fault. I mean, he he probably asked this from everybody, like how much Botox they want. And, you know, it looks great. So I'm not complaining about that, but it is funny. I just didn't realize how much I actually use my eyebrows. And this is the first time they've been actually frozen. So that was a lesson learned for me. But, you know, Botox for me only lasts about three months. So I will only have to deal with this for a little while longer. And like I said, it looks great. It's just I (laughs) I'm not used to not, you know, having my eyebrows move up and down when I talk and, you know, being able to just do my makeup without a hands on approach, if you will. And since we're on the subject of injections and shots, I got my booster this weekend and I'd gotten the Pfizer vaccine earlier this year. So what I did was I just went on to CVS. You can schedule appointments through there. And so I went through and looked through the different CVS locations in my area to see who carried what. So the one closest to me had Moderna, but because I took Pfizer earlier this year, I kind of wanted to just keep on that route. So 
I went to one a little further away from my house and got the Pfizer vaccine. I have had no side effects, but to be fair, I was hungover yesterday. So I already didn't feel great, but it wasn't at all because of the booster. So I'm feeling great today. I woke up 100%. So um, no bad issues with that. And I'm very happy to be protected going into the Thanksgiving holiday and also before I head to New York next week. And I've already had my flu shot, so I feel good to go for this holiday season and winter and hopefully we'll stay healthy through all of that. On Wednesday night, I took my friend Alyssa to the House of Gucci screening at the Angelica. I was very excited to see this movie. It looked so good in the previews. Lady Gaga was in it and I love her and she was fantastic in A Star is Born. And I loved Adam Driver from Girls. I mean, great cast, but it was a little long. It was a two and a half hour movie and there were just a lot of, it seemed like unnecessarily slow parts. There were some really cheesy things and I really didn't like Jared Leto's character. I just thought a lot of it was ridiculous and not in a funny way. And, you know, Lady Gaga killed it. She was great. Adam Driver was great. But I think, I mean, I would be surprised if it won some awards. There was some Oscar talk, I feel like, and I, I just don't, I don't see that from this movie, but um, it was enjoyable. I just think it was a little bit too long. There were parts that were a little bit too slow for me. Like I was kind of checking my checking my phone. <laughs> like at certain points, I was sort of like, okay, get on with it. Um, but I do recommend it. I think it's worth seeing. I just, you know, just know that going in that it is a very long movie. <laughs> I did want to note that about 75% of the movie is very funny and upbeat. And then it totally shifts, of course, when they're like getting a divorce and it gets very heavy and sad. And then the rest of the movie is like that. So maybe that's why it felt a little slow. It's sort of because it changed gears so much during the movie or sort of, I don't know, I was ready for it to be over, I guess, if that makes sense. And now moving on to TV, we can't not talk about Meghan Markle on Ellen. So on Tuesday, it was announced that Meghan had taped an episode for the Ellen show, which to be honest, I don't think I've ever watched The Ellen Show. Not once. I'm not a big talk show person, like on TV. I've never really, I never really watched Oprah. Like I, I just, I don't know. I've, that's not a form of television I've ever enjoyed. It's sort of like reality TV to me. I just don't care. <laughs> so, uh, but this was one exception. I was certainly not going to miss Megan's first televised interview since the Oprah special. So for this show, she wore an Oscar de la Renta top. It was a white laser cut top. It had sort of floral cutouts in the sleeves. It was gorgeous. And she paired it with her signature black pleated pants and a pair of pointed toe pumps, which she also wears repeatedly. It was honestly such a great look for her and redeemed her in my eyes after that, you know, awful red Carolina Herrera dress, or at least I thought it was awful. Um, but I loved this getup for the Ellen show. She also did a segment that was not in the studio. It was kind of out and about. And she wore a very hot pink Stella McCartney blouse and matching skirt. It was gorgeous. That bright color on her was so stunning. And then she wore a white Anine Bing coat, which I'm actually tempted to buy before my New York trip. I, I want a new white coat. And, you know, now I'm a little influenced. So I may be buying that. I'll report back. I was expecting a short segment from Megan. I didn't expect to see her on the entire show, but she was pretty much there the whole time. And it was pretty clear right away that she and Ellen are friends. This was not, I mean, obviously these things are kind of staged. The topics are something that they probably brief Megan on before so she can have anecdotes to whip up. 
And a lot of the things they were talking about, of course, Ellen was dropping hints about how, you know, she's been to their house several times. She knows what Archie was wearing and what Lily was wearing on Halloween. By the way, loved that he was a dinosaur and she was a skunk. But she was Ellen was casually mentioning things that no one else would know. So it's very clear that they're friends offline and out of the public eye. So that was sort of an interesting detail. While the conversations they had were lighthearted and fun, it did feel planned to me. And I've heard this as a common occurrence on talk shows, but hosts often send the guests questions or topics they want to talk about in advance so that the guests can be prepared with good anecdotes and such. For example, the Andy McDowell hair story was so random. (laughs) I'm not sure what that was for, but I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was just super random and obviously wouldn't have just naturally come up. Like, why did they choose that particular story to tell? Overall, I enjoyed the interview and I thought it was a great way for Megan to share her lighter side, especially in contrast with the last televised interview with Oprah that was much heavier. So this was way more fun and silly. And speaking of silly, we can't not talk about the segment she did outside the studio. And I, because I don't watch Ellen or shows like this often, I was a little confused by it. But Liza, who has watched this show before, said that it's something Ellen does often with big celebrities. So it felt pretty dumb to me, but I did think it was refreshing to see Megan get silly and uh, carefree. It was fun to see her just in a very different light. Obviously, while a senior working member of the royal family, we never would have seen something like that. So this is just kind of a fun introduction to maybe what we might see going forward. And maybe this is just me, but with the Ellen show ending this year, part of me was wondering if this appearance was kind of a teaser of Megan maybe having her own talk show. I could totally see that, but nothing obviously came about. There was nothing. She wasn't really promoting anything, which was sort of nice to see. She was just there for fun and not really promoting anything she's doing right now. She did promote her book, but I mean, that's been out for a while. Uh, But it definitely got me thinking about what she might be doing going forward. Obviously, there's a podcast in the works. There's Netflix stuff going on, but you know, maybe she'll be a talk show host one day. It'll be interesting to see the kind of appearances she makes now and projects she takes on now that she's really getting back out there. And while we're on the topic of TV on Sunday, I started watching the show Yellow Jackets. It's a new show to Showtime, and it's about a high school girls soccer team whose plane crashes in the wilderness. It's kind of hard to follow at first because it time hops quite a bit and jumps from person to person at different ages and took me a little while to figure it out. But by the end of the first episode, it made more sense. It's a pretty dark storyline. So after the crash, the girls are all fighting to survive. And I mean, they're out there for a long time. So they end up doing some unthinkable shit in the process. Spoiler alert, there's some cannibalism, but the time hops around from before the crash to right after the crash, also while they're struggling to survive and present day. So that's why it was a little confusing in the first episode. But once you kind of get to know the characters, it's easier to follow. So far, they've only shown a handful of the soccer team as adults, so you're not sure who survives and who doesn't yet, but I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It's obviously very dark, so definitely wanted to give you guys a content warning, but I'm really enjoying it so far and can't wait for more episodes to come out. It's a really good cast, too. So anyway, just wanted to give you all that recommendation if you need a new show to watch over the holidays. <music> Being 
Thanksgiving week. I thought I'd sort of do a Thanksgiving episode. So (laughs) talking about my plans and what we've done in the past and sort of how I stay sane during the holiday season with a lot of family time. We'll get into that later on, but just kind of wanted to give you guys, you know, some info on what I'm up to. So On Wednesday, I am heading to the ranch to celebrate Thanksgiving. And while I won't be totally off the grid, they obviously have Wi-Fi there. I am excited to not have any social plans. I usually go to Austin for the major holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And in addition to lots of family time when I'm home, I typically do see a few friends while I'm in town. And while I would have certainly enjoyed that, I'm actually kind of thrilled not to have anything on my calendar this this particular holiday. Things have just been so crazy and I just need a break. I need to just not worry about anything and just lounge and relax. And that's what I'm looking forward to. And we normally do a full cooking day for Thanksgiving, but my mom also wants to take it easy this year. And so we are catering Thanksgiving, which makes the whole week just a little easier on everybody. And so I'm really looking forward to some fresh air, cozying up by the fire and just hanging out with my family. And we're not doing anything crazy, but I am going to still pack some cute stuff because I think we're going to go into town and get dinner. And I want to look cute on Thanksgiving, even if no one's going to see it. (laughs) So... I usually opt for one of two outfits on Thanksgiving, so either a cute, comfortable dress with boots or a very forgiving and comfortable pair of jeans with a sweater and boots. But I think I'm going to do a dress this year. I recently got this pretty printed Ula Johnson midi dress that looks really darling with my white Isabel Marant cowboy boots. So I thought that would be a cute piece to wear on the actual holiday. And there's a tie waist belt that is adjustable, so it'll be easy to adjust when my stomach needs some more space. I'll be taking Reese's, my dog, with me as well, and I'm having a little bit of anxiety about having her at the ranch. There are always a lot of people coming in and out when we're there, and the doors are often left open, so I'm worried she's going to accidentally be let out. And unfortunately, there was an issue recently with another dog in our family that kind of ran off and they never found it. So I'm having some real anxiety about that. And so I did a little preparation before we are leaving. My dog is very stubborn, or as Brad of Bevel Dog Behavior likes to say, she is committed and she has she is selective hearing and I cannot count on her to come when I call her. So if she gets let out, she might never come back. So in addition to just getting lost or getting hit by a car, there are coyotes, there are snakes and more things that can hurt her out there. And the last time I took her out there, we just kept her in a pen inside. But this time I have two lines of defense. I bought one of those waist leashes. Like people use these when they're running with their dogs outside. So I can just like have it on and not have her on my arm, but she's still attached to me. I mean, serious control freak issues here. And the other thing I got is an Apple AirTag for her collar. So Apple now makes these things that you can attach to your keys and other things that you might lose or need to locate often. And so I bought one of those just in case someone does let her out and I need to find her. But I mean, honestly, because I'm such a control freak, I'll probably just keep her on that waist leash if we're just hanging out or walking around. (laughs) I'm just like so scared. I honestly just don't know what I would do if she ran off because I truly don't think she'd come back. Not because she doesn't love me, but because she's so ADD and gets distracted by squirrels and all kinds of things. And with there being wildlife all over this ranch, who knows what she would get into. 
So fingers crossed on a safe trip for Reese's. We're hopefully going to have some fun. I'm going to be staying in a casita on the property, not in the main house. So I can always put her in her crate in the casita and leave her in there for, you know, doing stuff where I'm worried about her. But I want her to be able to enjoy being in the house with everybody, too. So pray for me. Since it's Thanksgiving week, I thought it would be fun to share some of the things I'm thankful for. And I actually posed this question on Instagram stories over the weekend, and I really loved reading y'all's responses. First and foremost, I'm obviously very thankful for my health and my family's health. While I'm generally a very healthy person, this is a topic that has been at the forefront of my mind, and I'm sure all of yours now more than ever because of this pandemic. I am so lucky to have not lost anyone due to COVID, and I'm so thankful for the scientists developing the vaccines and our healthcare workers, you know, keeping everything moving during what might be the craziest time in their careers. So thank you to everyone who's doing that. I'm thankful for my mom, for her unconditional love and always being so supportive of me and my dreams. I'm thankful for my sister for being a cheerleader and a sounding board when I need advice, which seems to be a lot more lately than normal. I'm thankful for my stepdad who always has included my sister and me as if we were his own children. He's such a great, again, great sounding board and mentor and has always encouraged me. I'm thankful for my friends who are always there for me even when life gets busy. I'm thankful for Liza for making my life easier and my day-to-day work more fun. I'm thankful for my dog Reese's for being the best companion and teaching me some humility. (laughs) Getting a dog is a very humbling experience. And then finally, I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for all of my blog readers, Instagram followers, and now you podcast listeners for continuing to support me over the years because none of this would be possible without you. So thank you guys so much for continuing to stick with me and follow along. Considering the time of year, I thought today we could chat about dealing with boundaries and how to stay sane during the holiday season. This time of year is usually crazy busy for everyone. So whether you have work or projects you need to complete before the end of the year or your social calendar is full of parties and other social events, or maybe if you have a bunch of travel plans in Q4, this can be a fun but also a super stressful time of year. There's just a lot going on. Throughout the year, I'm generally pretty good at saying no to plans if I'm not in the mood to do something, but for some reason, I am not as great about it during the holiday season. Feels like it's the time to be out and about. I love, you know, the festivities of the holidays, and I definitely have a fear of missing out. (laughs) I feel like there's just a lot more fun stuff going on this time of year, and I never want to miss out on it. But this is a huge time of year for me for work. So my days are jam packed as it is and trying to fit fit all of that work in on top of back to back social plans is really challenging for me. When I pair a bunch of social plans on top of long work days, I get drained so fast and I I love to be out. I love to meet new people. I'm super outgoing and social, but Because I've lived alone for a long time, I've become accustomed to having quite a bit of alone time to recharge and rest in between social plans. And when I have back-to-back plans without a break, I can go from cheerful to annoyed pretty damn fast. Like even last week when I had the House of Gucci screening the night before and then the meetup on Thursday... And I was so busy during the day, I didn't feel like I had a chance to breathe that by Friday, I was just so burnt out. I ended up sleeping 11 hours. I mean, I I really needed it. I guess I'm just not used to having back-to-back plans every night. And the holiday season is full of stuff like that. So this time of year always kind of puts me on edge. And I don't even have kids, so I don't even know what that's like. Can't imagine. But 
All that to say, <laughs> it's a busy time of year for everybody and it's easy to get stressed out and overwhelmed with all of the different plans and things you have to do. In addition to work, you've got errands, events, you've got to buy gifts, you've got to order food. I mean, there's so much we have to do. The same can be said of family time when I'm home. I love spending time with my family, but having some alone time is really key for me, you know, staying in a good frame of mind. It's just how I recharge. I'm very independent and have obviously lived alone for a long time, so I can get overwhelmed really easily when uh, there's, you know, group activity after group activity, you know, spending time with people all day long without a break. Sometimes you just need a break and you have to create the break because people won't give them to you. You have to understand your own limits and set boundaries, especially when you're with people for an extended amount of time like we are during the holiday season. One thing that I like to stick with when I'm home with my family that kind of keeps me in check is sticking with my morning routine. So staying consistent with my workouts, eating a healthy breakfast, even when I'm traveling or at home with my family, I, I want that alone time to check a workout off the list and just kind of start my day on the right foot. I'll definitely go on walks with my mom and sister, but fitting in my normal workouts is key to me feeling balanced. It also helps me expel any stress or anxiety I might be feeling that day. Endorphins make you happy, remember? When I do a challenging workout, I feel like I've accomplished something. So like I said, it's just nice to have that checked off first thing in the morning and it starts my day off on the right foot. I also tend to indulge a little more and lounge a lot when I'm with my family. So my workouts are a chance to do something healthy for myself and move my body. And y'all know I thrive on a routine. So having some semblance of one, even on a vacation or at home, really helps me. <laughs> Getting some work done and listening to podcasts in my room. Those are two other things I do if I'm feeling overwhelmed when I'm home. As I've said on here in past episodes, I'm super ADD and get frustrated when I have audio distractions. So if I need to get anything work related done while I'm home, it's important for me to separate myself and sit somewhere quiet without interruptions. I love my mom. <laughs> she does want to chat whenever we're in the same room. So I just, I have to know that if I'm really trying to focus on something, I kind of need to separate myself and not be in the living area. I just need to spend some time in my room. Or if we've just been doing stuff all day, before I even need to start getting ready for dinner or whatever, I might go in my room and, you know, watch TV or listen to podcasts. I thought this might be a good, a good opportunity for me to share some of my favorite podcasts in case you are looking to have something to listen to while you're traveling this week. Or like I said before, if you need a break from your family and just want something upbeat and fun to listen to, here are some of my favorites. I've listened to so many podcasts, but these are probably the ones I listen to most often because they are weekly podcasts and these don't have seasons. They're just weekly recurring podcasts. They cover a variety of topics or stories. It's not just like one story over an entire season, if that makes sense, like Serial, for example. So some of my favorites are Girls Gotta Eat, Be There in Five, Bad on Paper. Um, I've already mentioned Heather McMahon's Absolutely Not podcast. I love the You Up podcast. I have enjoyed the Nikki Glaser podcast, which they usually do several times a week, which is nice. And then I love My Favorite Murder and Morbid if you're into true crime. Smartless is really funny. The World's First Podcast is really good. And even The Rich, I don't listen to as much, but there are some good stories in there like Princess Diana and Beyonce. They sort of cover, they deep dive into topics about some of our, you know, beloved celebrities and mega rich people. And there are obviously a bunch of others that I've listened to and enjoyed. But like I said, these are the ones that I listen to kind of on repeat. 
So hopefully that that's helpful for you guys. Well, I try not to work a lot when I'm home. I generally am always working because there's always something that needs to happen, especially this week. It's cyber week. I'm going to have to update my sales list and all of that. So it's a good chance for me to take some of that alone time I need. And even though I'm working, it's still nice to just have some peace and quiet. Um, It'll be a great setup at the ranch this year because I'm not staying in the main house. So I'll sort of be guaranteed that peace and quiet when I'm in my room and I can just head to my casita if I need to escape and take a break. And I know establishing these boundaries can be difficult, especially if you're all staying in one house with a lot of family over the holidays, but no one, like I said, is going to give you the break unless you ask for it or just take it. So set those boundaries, establish them like right when you get there and do it before you kind of have a breakdown, (laughs) like before you get frustrated or annoyed with anyone, just take the break. Another thing, we generally all watch TV or a movie at night after dinner, and sometimes I'm not in the mood to watch what the group wants to watch, or I just want to decompress and watch something by myself. I'll generally just excuse myself for the rest of the evening and retire to my bedroom because I usually have this time before bed to myself at home when I'm in Dallas, and it's something I realized I kind of need when I'm in other places too. I, I'm I'm just not somebody who wants to like talk first thing in the morning or at when I'm going right before I'm going to bed. Like I just kind of need like quiet time, if you will. Not every night, of course, but sometimes you just need to call it a night and hang out by yourself. And like I said, none of these boundaries need to feel like a big deal. You just need to set them early before things start to stress you out. Another boundary we probably have all had to set in the last couple of years is that certain topics of discussion are or should be off limits. So whether it's politics, your relationship status, unsolicited advice you receive from family members, you have every right to set those boundaries on what conversations you do and do not feel comfortable having. So in the past, I might have gotten into a heated debate or responded like flippantly if a topic was brought up that I deemed inappropriate. But now I usually just ask if we can change the subject or I'll excuse myself. For example, I might get up from the table and go to the bathroom for a few minutes if the topic is something I don't want to talk about. And hopefully by the time I've gotten back, they'll have moved on to something else. If that doesn't work, I'll try to pivot the conversation myself to another topic that won't have other people riled up like myself. And then another thing you can do is actually bring it up to the person or people, depending on how many people are doing this ahead of time. Don't wait until you're frustrated or flustered to deal with it. Just have an honest conversation with whoever it is that you'd prefer if they'd avoid that topic of conversation, at least in front of you. They can talk about it all the live long day when you leave, but just be respectful and ask that they respect your boundaries on that topic while you're home. Like I said earlier, I love being home and I love spending time with my family. Setting these boundaries when I visit is not about not wanting to spend time with them, but more so that I need space and time by myself to avoid burnout from overstimulation. Like I said, I'm just, I'm used to having a lot of alone time living in Dallas, especially the last year during COVID. And so it can be overwhelming to be constantly bombarded with questions or just group activities all day without a break. It's the holidays are stressful as it is like, why put so much pressure on yourself? So take breaks when you need to, you know, ask kindly if you need some space. You could go on a long walk with your dog. You could offer to run some errands for your mom or your dad. Um, Do things that would be helpful, but that would still give you some time alone for you to either listen to music or a podcast or just get out of the house.
right, guys, we have made it to the beck and call segment. Don't forget, you can call in to ask me anything. If you need advice or just have any kind of question, you can call in to the beck and call hotline at 214-620-0473. You can also submit questions via email at info at beckandcallpodcast.com. Let's jump into the first voicemail. Hey, Merritt, this is Katie from Boston. I was just curious. I know that you've done a lot of decorating in your new house, and I recently bought a house as well, um, and I've had a bit of a tough time figuring out what to do in some of the bedrooms. So any advice that you might have on, like, good places to start, whether it's, like, more pieces, whether it's more artwork, um, I would just love any insight as to how you think about, like, a new room, especially because you have done so much in your new house. Let me know. Uh, I'm loving the podcast, and keep it up. Thanks so much and have a great day. I'm certainly happy to give you some advice. I'm obviously not an interior designer or an expert, but in my experience, starting from the ground up has been the most helpful. So finding the rug first has set the tone for the room. And I've always found I like the rooms better when I've chosen the rug first. The one time I didn't do this was in the primary bedroom at my last house. I chose the headboard first and I chose a very specific, unique shade of blue. And I will tell you, it was incredibly hard to find things to match it. I really wish I'd started with finding the rug first and then worked my way around that, picking colors that coordinated well with it. I would definitely not start with a statement piece unless, you know, you it's something you are totally obsessed with and will never get sick of. I just, I personally didn't love how the room turned out because, you know, I started with the statement and then had a really hard time getting around that. So I would definitely recommend starting with the rug because I think it's the thing that pulls the entire room together. I would also, when you're picking the big pieces of furniture, start with the neutrals first because the colors are the things that are going to be harder to pair things with. So if you get kind of the building blocks in the right colors first, then you can add accent colors later. Now, if you're a big color color obsessed person, then this may not be the way you want to go. But I prefer more neutral spaces and just things that are softer on the eyes. And so starting with kind of the neutral building blocks and then adding more glamorous, colorful accents like a fun printed pillow or beautiful art or a bench. I'm pretty sure I'm going to add a more kind of colorful bench to my bedroom. It's very neutral right now. And I love that there's some green in the pillow I have on the bed and in the artwork behind the bed. And so I'm thinking I might pull some of that color in an accent bench in my bedroom. And so again, just start with the basics and build from there. All right. The next question comes to us from the Beck and Call podcast email, and it says, Hi, Merritt. I'm heading to Palm Beach for the first time in a few weeks, and I have no idea what to pack. I'm running a half marathon while I'm there for a long weekend. So besides my running gear, I'd love some advice on what sort of clothing to pack and what the fashion vibe is like there. Thanks for your help. Longtime fan of the Style Scribe and love the new podcast. All the best, Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Very excited for you to go to Palm Beach. I went for the first time earlier this year with my mom and sister and loved it. It is so much fun. Such a cute spot. Lots of great shopping and art galleries. I think I mentioned a little story about that in the last episode, but I would definitely say bring color. And I'm not somebody who wears a ton of color except for in the summer months or on vacation, but it is definitely somewhere you want to wear some bright colors, fun prints. You can do tropical looks. It is a very colorful, fun spot. 
I mostly wore sundresses, so just dresses in bright colors and prints, and I did wear heels. It's pretty walkable, so the main strip where there's shopping and restaurants, it's all very walkable. It's not that long, so I was totally comfortable wearing heeled sandals. And then, of course, they do have Uber, so if you're you're going to be you know driving to other locations, that's easy too. Now, when my mom's sister and I visited, it was in April, which was close to the end of the season for them because it's so hot and humid (laughs) by like May. But you might be able to get away with wearing jeans. I'm not sure how cool it'll be from what I from what I gather. It'll still be 70s and 80s. So um, I would probably pack a mix of dresses and cute blouses and white jeans. I mostly wore sandals the whole time. I don't know if I even the only sneakers I did pack were for working out. So I don't think you'll need to pack like super comfortable shoes. Like I said, it's all very walkable, but um, it's probably one of the easier trips to pack for. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening. As always, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share. I hope you have the best holiday week and enjoy shopping all of the great sales going on on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Uh, you can follow along on Instagram at Beck and Call Podcast. And then I'm also at Merit Beck. And I will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.